0: thankful
1: for that you could be here today uh, I wanted to just make one short announcement the um, been you know juggling with the idea of maybe trying Friday night. I had several people concerned about Friday night with our rallies and everything going on and I agree that's certainly something to consider. I had other families that were really having a hard time coming out on Tuesdays so it was kind of a you know what's what's best now I'm, I'm gonna give you a very carnal reasoning today. I'm confessing this, I'm telling you right out, right out openly. <clears throat> I am trying to do a course through VoTech. It's mm-hmm. on Tuesday nights. So I have, I'm gonna ask if you all would let me do Fridays for a while and let's try it. Would you all be willing to do that? Would that be okay with everyone? Yes. Without being hard to get along with here. Um, At the same time, Elaine, you know my wife, I mean Elaine, uh, has contacted the pet store and is taking Fred in for lessons, which is also Tuesday night right now for six, both of them are six weeks long. So uh, I'm asking if you all would be okay if we tried Friday nights for a while
2: at least six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, I know, but
1: that's a of the cards for me. <laughs> So, are you all okay with that? Yes. And uh, it would be good. So, so we're talking about prayer on Friday nights for at least six weeks while we take care of two issues we're trying to get. I think my thing would start somewhere in the middle of February. And I don't know when Elaine's starts first week. first week so so we're talking about february march are you all okay with that so you gonna
3: start
1: this friday um yeah that's okay now with this friday 30. we have rally we have re- we have revival so right. so why don't we keep this week tuesday night so we have prayer meeting and then you know fosters start on wednesday thursday friday and then sunday and so um it's I don't want to try to plan in a prayer meeting when we're going to be coming to church for that night, too. So we'll just do this week, Tuesday, but then after that, for the next two months, we'll start doing Friday nights for prayer meeting, and um, we'll keep an eye on that. And, and again, if it's bad, we'll switch it back. I mean, I am not. I really don't have too much um, thoughts about it other than the fact that I both of these things were only available on Tuesdays, and so we uh, are dealing with it. Okay, any big questions, any points? Okay. All right, great to have Rachel and John back. uh, So happy they could go and have a little bit of refreshing time, plus work, I think. And um, glad they're back. And great to have everyone out. And Brandon, we are glad that Brandon is here. He's supposed to be working today. And uh, somehow they didn't have enough material or something, so they let him come, come to church. So I'm we want the best for his company, but I am glad that he got off. So, and great to see everyone here. All right, so are y'all ready to go? Yes. <clears throat> All right, U.S. <laughs> one There is another pot of coffee there now if y'all would like more. Okay, <clears throat> quite a bit of scripture today, uh, so if it's all right, I'm just going to go around and call on y'all as we go, if that's okay. But John, I'll have you start with 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 17. Everybody read real loud so everybody can hear you, okay? 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 17. <coughs> now
0: thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ, in them that are saved, and in them that that perish. To the one we are the savor of death unto death, and to the other the savor of life unto life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God, in the sight of God, speak we in Christ.
1: Okay, now, um, my my topic today is who is sufficient, and um, we're going to find out that man has a view on who is sufficient, and God has a different one. Yeah. And uh, we want to we want to look at this, but I'm I'm showing you just making note here in Second Corinthians two fourteen, he said, he said that, um, and. And maketh manifest the savor of his, of his knowledge, God's knowledge, by us in every place. And, and that's what I want to talk about today is what the Lord has to do in our lives to make us the very best vessel for the kingdom of God. Right. And, uh, and so my, my topic is who is sufficient. We, have to, we need to feel and be aware of our insufficiencies. We're not supposed to come in bold and say, "I can do it. I can do everything through my own strength, through my own might. I am talented. I am smart. I'm good looking." You know, we can just go through all this list of things and say, "You know, no, it's obvious why God chose me." And how wrong is that? But so, what we want to look at today is, "What? How does God help us? What does He do in our life?" So we have to feel our insufficiency. Insufficiency, and uh, and the point is that God will show us what it's like to lack our own ability in order to see something accomplished in God's kingdom. You can rest assured, no matter what your strengths are, God is not going to use those in order to bring His ultimate will through your you can life.
2: Rest assured,
1: <laughs> right. uh-huh. right. did you all catch that? So it's not going to be by what we bring to the table. It's going to be what we don't bring to the table that God can use in our life. So we want to, we want to do a little Bible study it's, and, um, and look at this. Jesus built everything on his disciples. He was only here for that period of time, 33 and a half years maybe, and then he was gone as far as a human flesh walking upon the shores of Galilee. But he, he took 12 men and of course if we ever did a study we would find that those men that were not the um, up and up and uh, most influential in that hour. These were fishermen and zealots and tax collectors and you know these were people that weren't exactly impressive as far as what the educational level or, or government might say today. So it was important For Jesus to get everything right in the period of time that he had those disciples. So we're going to be able to look at how he dealt with them today in order to see how that he brought about his greatest power in their life. And that's what you and I want today is we want God's will to be done in our life, not me manufacturing God's will in my life. So... Choosing people is not just expecting that there's going to be an evolution, a big bang theory, and all of a sudden, bang, Kevin Erickson is what he's supposed to be. But we have to realize today, like how God created the heavens and the earth, He creates man and He takes us through a process of development to make us what we can be. Amen. So, uh, Debbie, Ephesians 2 and 20, and um, Sandra, are you okay reading aloud? Uh, Luke 9, 1 through 6. Okay, Ephesians 2 and 20, you all know this verse, but just reading it to bring you...
3: And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone.
1: All right, so we are built around upon men who, far more important than their past upbringing and their educational level and their knowledge of their occupation, far more important than that is what Jesus did in their lives to develop them and prepare them. Would you agree with that? So that's what this Bible says about today. Who is sufficient? Now, who could stand here and say, "God's lucky he got me"? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's, that's Now you know my my motive here. Okay, Sandra, uh, Luke nine one through six for me, nice and loud.
3: two coats of peace and whatsoever house she enter into thereby and thence depart and whosoever will not receive you when you go out of that city shake off the very dust from your feet for testimony against them and they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere
1: okay this is the first missionary trip the disciples ever made This is the Lord calling them to do this. And and look at the things he restricted from them. He said, don't take, uh, take nothing for your journey, neither staves nor script, neither bread, neither money, neither have two coats apiece. I mean... Going to someone and talking to the gospel, how would they ever know what they couldn't bring? They wouldn't. This was all about for their benefit, wasn't it? That they would approach the first missionary trip with the right, looking for the right things that God was going to do. He was going to do it. He was going to give them a mission. He was going to give them a purpose. He was going to empower them, but He also was going to take care of them. And he didn't want them leaning on their own devices. Well, why are we the, a small church in Chelsea? Bingo. He doesn't want us to build our 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 our, our, our um, um, strengths and our confidence on because we're bigger than someone else. He wants us to build us on God's call, His empowering. His will in our life. Does that make sense? And there's hundreds of other illustrations we could use on that. But my point is, and so he sent them two by two. What did God give them to become their first witness to a world that did not yet know about Jesus Christ? He gave them God's empowering and he gave them each other. Talk about the church being part of who I am. And what I'm able to do and accomplish. The point was it was never supposed to be glory for man. But it was supposed to bring glory to God. The Lord did this in order to give God the glory. And that we had to learn a lesson as a disciple that day. We have to triumph through him. Not to us. I need God and I need fellowship.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: They went not knowing. What do you mean? Well, they didn't know where they were going. They didn't know what the outcome was, right? They didn't know what they were going to eat. They didn't take any money. They didn't know where they were going to stay. They were minimized to just one coat. No staff to lean on. They had no hope for themselves. This was going to be all about them and Jesus. One scripture, if if we looked up, I think it's John 13. But, uh... The Lord told them to go in the name of God. And he said, hitherto you have asked nothing in my name. That was connected with that first missionary trip. He sent them, empowering them for the first time using the name of the Lord. Isn't that interesting? Power, healing, direction from God. And now, Susie, read Mark 6 and 30 and this will... This is going to define everything I'm trying to get you to see today. Mark 6 and 30. This is when they returned from their first missionary trip.
2: And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all
1: things, both what they had done and what they had taught. What they had done. What they had taught. These boys didn't get it. They were building on, they added all that the Lord gave them and took care of them and sponsored them and enlightened them and empowered them, and they came back talking about what I did. Isn't that interesting? And so one of the lessons God has to teach us is not to take credit for ourselves. When you build tents with your name on it, you're in trouble for your evangelistic endeavors. When you take and allow people to say, look at so-and-so, you're missing what these disciples had to learn. Okay, uh, Renee, are you okay reading John 6, 5 through 14? Another long one here. Now this is this is the next time Jesus is with his disciples, and now he's going to feed the five thousand, right? Okay, what does this say? When
3: Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, He saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, not that every one of them may. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. And there was much, much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had give, given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world.
1: Praise the Lord. Lesson number two. The Lord asked Philip, He said, how are we going to take care of these people? Enabling Philip to look at the the mission and the need. And Philip said, not by my power. We have have little or nothing to offer. And and the Lord, and the scripture says here that he, he proved him. He wanted to know where he was coming from. Developing men. Let's us go through some steps so that we can learn what we're trusting in, and who's going to pull the rabbit out of the hat, you might say, and, and actually meet the need of the mission that God wants us to do. And so, uh, and he gathered twelve basketfuls of fragments. Did all the people know about those? No, they had all eaten and gone. Only he did it for the disciples' sake. They would know. Just exactly the bounty and the blessings and the bountiful ways that God not only meets the need, but he is abundant in his blessings. This is the first evangelistic endeavor the Lord had. And Jesus Jesus already knew what he was going to do, the Bible said. You could see that those disciples were bragging about what they had done And now he brought them to that place and said, okay, what are you going to do, you guys, with all the answers? You who prayed for the sick and healed the sick and raised up people and cast out devils, and you took all the glory, what are you going to do? How are you going to do How are you going to fix this one? I don't know. Lesson number two. Trusting the Lord is important, isn't it? Amen. When we are taking glory for ourselves, we're taking it away from the Lord. And we're losing and and missing the the lessons God has for us. But when we give God credit, we're able to see God's plan and have it revealed in our own life. It's one thing for me to know that God had a plan in his Bible. But for me to perceive and understand God's plan in Kevin Erickson's life, Mm -hmm. well, that's another issue. Amen. Amen. Jesus asked them how they were going to feed them. 200 pennyworth isn't enough to give each person just a little bit. Whenever we try to feed people with our own ability, mm-hmm. we're always going to come short. Yeah. We're never going to meet their needs. Right. Not only were they filled, the Bible said, but Jesus had them pick up all the scraps to show the disciples that through the Lord they would receive their strength. And answer the call. Heidi, <coughs> um, um, you okay reading? Okay. Um, Psalms 102.23. This is incredible. Elaine, First um, Samuel 2.9. These two verses are pretty amazing. One hundred two. One 102.23. He weakened my strength in the way. He shortened my days. He weakened my strength in the way. He shortened my days. He, he limited me on what I could accomplish. Mm-hmm. Why? What does God do? He, he's, he's, this thing is about Him. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. And He needs us to be willing. He needs us to love Him. Yes. He needs us to be available. Mm-hmm. But watch what He could do in your life Jesus. if you're not leaning on the wrong things. Right. Right. Amen? Yeah. Okay, First so, uh, Samuel 2 and 9.
2: He will keep the feet of his saints, and the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength shall no man prevail.
1: Ah, so he knows how to hold back the feet of his saints. And, and he knows how to keep the wicked silent in darkness. That, that no one is going to prevail without the Lord. That's pretty awesome! That really does follow what we're trying to say today. Uh, Rachel, are you okay? Mark 6, 45 through... Um, all the way through 52. Mark 6, 45 through 52. <clears throat>
5: And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship, and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida, while he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and in row- in rowing. For the wind was contrary unto them, and about the fourth watch of the night he cometh unto them walking upon the sea. And he would have passed them, but when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit, and cried out. For they saw him, and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them, and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered, for they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened.
1: Ah. Mm. Lesson number three. He constrains them. He, I'm not saying forcibly drug them, but, but he uh, made them get in the ship, yeah. Yeah. gave them a mission across the sea. And you can only imagine those fishermen saying, no sweat. Talk to you later. Got this. Know what we're doing. And then Jesus sends all the people home after feeding them, right? He goes up into a high mountain and and prays. I wonder what he was praying about. Global warming? I don't think so. (laughs) No, no, he was was shaping men for the mission. He was preparing men that he would only be with for a short while, and and then he would teach them how to walk after the Spirit and see God do incredible things and start the New Testament church. He constrained them to get in the boat. He sent the multitude away. And he went to pray. The Bible told us in at our first verse today that we have to feel our insufficiencies. We have to become, we have to come face to face with the fact that I I'm I'm failing this test. I am not pulling this thing out of my own hat. I, I don't have the answers today. The task of crossing over to the other side should have been an easy task for fishermen. But somehow God had to once again get their attention in the realm of realizing they couldn't so that they could see that God could. And all this is connected to the last verse because they failed to remember what the Lord had done by his power and his ability when he fed the 5,000, and he had 12 basketful of fragments left over after everybody was full, fed up, running over. And their hearts were hardened. They weren't putting two and two together. They looked at their own little, this is my part, I'll take care of this. I can row to the other side. Never realizing that our God was involved in not just the big things of feeding 5,000 with his miraculous power, but he's all about taking us through every step to get us to the next field, to the next mission, to the next step. Isn't this awesome? Yes. God has to get our attention. Yes. Now, he's not doing anything to hurt anyone here. He's merely trying to get them to wake up and spiritually see what he wants them to understand. It became more than they could handle, even fishermen. Toiling and straining every muscle, their nerves on end. Frustration, worry. Not a big enough pot to bail with. Things were looking good. Sloshing in the bottom, their, their feet wet, soused, Just trying to keep the boat pointed toward the waves, let alone trying to row to shore. Helplessness, hopelessness overcoming them. And they see someone walking on water, and they thought it was a spirit. And they cried out, no doubt, in and, and guilt, God save us. And when they perceived it was the Lord, And the Lord was walking as if he was going to walk by him. Just waiting for the right response from his disciples. See, it isn't just about what God is doing in us. It really is about how that we want to be involved in God's kingdom today. And he would have passed them by. And they cried out. And he answered them. It is I. It's I am that I am.
5: Yeah.
1: It's here with you.
5: Mm.
1: And they were so shocked. And they, and they hadn't even considered the loaves and the fishes. Mm-hmm. Connecting one miracle to another is part of our mission as a Christian today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not only rejoicing what God did in Ethiopia 15 years ago. Hundreds of thousands of people coming to God. But what is God doing today in in Chelsea, Oklahoma? Oh, but that's when God really moves. But but here, it's just, you know. No, 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 no. You see, that's where we're mistaken. That's what God has to teach us. He also met with one at a time. You see... He took away everything they could lean on, or bail with. (laughs) They were helpless in themselves. He blessed them with power and authority and used them, and they saw great things happen. The miracle, the loaves to show them, it's his ability and power that would be through him that incredible things would happen. And then our fourth lesson, I've got a boat with your name on it. (laughs) That's gonna bring you to a place where you can learn. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I I don't doubt for a moment he knew exactly what was going on in that boat. But the point is, as he had to train up these men, that they would trust the right things, that they would stand upon his word, that they would believe the message of redemption and the message of salvation, the message of the miraculous power of God. King Saul, when you were small in your sight, I could bless you. But something happened when you became king and you lost sight of God working through you. And you began to think that God needed you. The Bible said that no flesh should glory in his presence. If that's true, and that's true in every human being in this room today, because we're all flesh, then can I say today, oh Lord, help us to learn this lesson here and now. That as we face the difficulties and question marks in our life, it's not that God has forgotten us, or God has set us right. aside? No. Right. Oh, he's working for our good. Yes. Yes. All right. Yes. Who else? Anybody else reading? Uh, John? First Corinthians 1, 27 through 31. <clears throat> we, you all know these verses, but hear it again now after this Bible study that we're hearing
0: that God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. And base things of the world, and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in His presence, but of Him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification. And redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord.
6: Whew.
1: Yep. Yep. God could use Moses because Moses already had a very low self-esteem, yep. and God could begin to work and and have him do those miraculous things, and Moses didn't take credit for it. All I can find in Scripture, he always gave God credit for what he was doing. Moses knew his inabilities, and therefore God could use him mightily. Somehow, Jesus wants you and I to feel insufficient. Paul said in Philippians through Him, through Christ, I can do all things yes. who strengtheneth me. Yes. Yes. That's the idea yes. God wants us to have today. Yes. I yes. am the feed sack, mm-hmm. and God puts in me what He wants me to be. Yes. It's Jesus. it's understanding today that God has chosen the, the the He's put his, his treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency might be of God and not of us, word. Uh, um, uh, Debbie, read 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10.
3: We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body.
1: See, when we talk about the dying of the Lord, he, he died and put his human flesh under mm-hmm. in order that, that the kingdom could be wrought, that lives could be changed. He saw ahead and saw people being filled with his spirit because that he was willing to die a process of death not just the cross but every step he didn't take credit and he didn't become the king of kings right there on the earth but he submitted his life he became obedient unto death the death of the cross so now debbie read the very first the verse right before that verse seven
3: we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of god and not of us
1: there it is. Amen. That's, what, that's what the Lord is wanting to do in your life today. Yes. This Christian life today is a life of living. And unfortunately, until you leave this earth, you're going to have the ability to listen to your flesh, mm-hmm. to submit to it, to follow it, to make choices that are not Godward. They are, they are totally manward. That's God's plan to show a world His power. Today, is that He could use a church, a little church in Chelsea, Oklahoma. Just good folks, average people. Nobody here hitting the high mark of any one culture, mm. talent, social work. Right. Just good people, yes. Yes. Mm. and God said, "I can use that church." Yeah. Yes. Right. And I could, I could do some things in the area mm. yes. because there's a people there that that are not operating by their haughtiness and, and their accomplishments, but they are trusting the Lord today. This is God's plan. He doesn't need Hercules or Mr. Atlas. Sammy, baby, tell me where your power lies. Right? Delilah, I thought you were close to him. I thought you knew him. When a Christian awakes to this this revelation of they are insufficient and they have to have God in their life to do anything today, we will find God is sufficient for all of our needs. But until we realize our insufficiency, how can he take care of every need in our life? He says, I'm not going to sit on the same pedestal with you. There's not two throne rooms, right. not two seats on the throne here. Right. One that sitteth upon the throne. Uh, uh, um, Sandra, catch Second Corinthians 3, 5. Susie, catch Second Corinthians 9, 8. Heidi, catch Second Corinthians 12, um, 7 through 10. Bringing this to a close, everybody doing okay?
5: Yes.
1: Okay, Second Corinthians 3 and 5. Here it is. Paul, you're a wise man. Dear Lord, help me to be wise also, to realize today that if there ever is a church in in Chelsea, Oklahoma, it's not gonna be because of Kevin Erickson. I'm supposed to help, I'm supposed to do my part, but we're gonna have to trust God for bigger and better things.
4: All right, Um, 2 Corinthians 9 and 8.
1: There it is he's promised he's going to make you abound into every good work when the sufficiency is in god let me just say i'm going to have to revise my own insufficiency to appreciate it all right and then um paul found that key to revival it wasn't personal talent but it was his inability and his availability for God to work through him. And that's what I want to leave you with today. That's the lesson God wants us to learn. Number one, I can't do it on my own. But number two, I am going to make myself available for God to use. And I'm just closing in 2 Corinthians 12:7 through 10.
2: I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me, and he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. More?
1: One more. Okay. Therefore, I take
2: pleasures in infirmity and in approaches and necessi- necessi- eh? necessities. necessities and persecution and
1: distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Amen. If you're just reading through the Gospels, through your daily Bible reading, you don't pick up some of those words and, and uh, thoughts there. But just pulling this together, you could see where the Lord really was working with those men. He really was shaping them. Right. Yes, he did miraculous things. Yes, he fed people and, and revealed himself with his miraculous power. But he was doing a whole lot more than that. He was taking 12 men and developing them and shaping them, molding them, Hallelujah. and letting them be exposed to God's great power and yet also come face to face that... It was of no merit on their own. And that's really the kind of life we live today. Not many mighty. What's it saying? Well, that's, that's not the prerequisite for being a good Christian. I just have to realize today that I really can't do anything very well all by myself. But somehow God can put thoughts in my mind can give me direction, can empower me and have things happen where things fall in place. And man, God receives glory. So what thoughts, comments, words, testimonies? We got a little bit of time here? Can you see yourself in that in that realm that God's dealing with you? Shaping you?
2: Taught the next thing, they were back in the desert, so they were on super high, and then they got in a super low <laughs> like that. And then, when we're in our comfort zone, and guys, like, oh, yeah, do this, and you definitely know you're not sufficient. You're like, oh, I hate
0: this. One,
4: I love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the reminder. Man. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's kind of
0: like the difference between Sunday and Monday. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Very good, very good. <laughs> That's very good. Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. Sunday and Monday.
2: I've kind of been having that issue on my job, you know, trying to get things done on my own and here recently I felt like God was saying, How long are you gonna bang your head against the wall before yeah. you ask him for help? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And as soon as I started asking him for help,
1: things just started falling in place. Awesome. Yeah. That's a great testimony. Yeah. problem is it's so easy because we, we're just like the disciples. We don't connect what God did here yesterday to where I'm at right now because we think I'm nothing. God's waiting for the next big event before he shows up. No. He's developing men and women that are valuable in the kingdom. We are what is precious to the Lord today. God doesn't glory in numbers. He glories in men and women who are that vessel, he's he's made them to be.
5: I think too. On the other side of that, in my situation, before we're in the past, um, I remember people I work with frustrating me, and they said, um, "You act like you're holier than that," and I said, "I am," <laughs> and I said, "I don't choose to do this." And I named off a bunch of things that I don't choose to do, <laughs> and happiness comes before it all. Yeah. Um, yeah, And it wasn't long after that that, like, all the temptations, all these trials that yeah. I couldn't resist, came along, yeah. and I had to learn God's grace. Yeah. Like I didn't, because in my, I thought in my own self-sufficiency and all my greatness and all my yeah.
2: power, I was doing all these yeah. things. Right. But yeah. it wasn't. Right. It was because God was helping
1: me. That yes. Was right. Excellent. yes. Excellent. Excellent. This one. Yes. Very good.
0: Yeah, if it makes you feel any better, I told that to a guy one time. He uh-huh. said, "You think you're all holier than now? And I said, "Holier than
4: you? Mm-hmm. I hope so." Oh boy!
0: Surprisingly,
1: went well, over like a ham sandwich to a bar mitzvah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. That was five years ago. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You think yeah,
3: we're going to no say something so, yes. I was going to say that um, the world is teaching our young people that they don't need right. anybody. Yes, right. They right. They are sufficient for right. yes. themselves, and that you is just contrary yeah. to right. of God. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that we have to, you know,
2: guard our children yes. against. Yes. And, yes. And, you
3: know, not to tell them that they're nothing. That's that's right. not what I'm saying, but. To realize that they've got to have God. They, they can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Oh, rough. It's
2: just so contrary to what they're hearing everywhere else. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you're trying to teach him something, I have no respect for you! <laughs> <laughs> so you have to learn to... Yeah. You yeah. have yeah. Yeah, no say in that. See, and I'm the ideas. second... And I'm the second person! So I'm like, I'm just there to back her up and I can't, I can't back her up because you telling him to shut up!
1: Might I say that the Lord... I did it. One more week. Come on. Might I say that the Lord got you that job? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Been trying to live a life the last several years of when things become a struggle—not so much a struggle, but like force. I try not to force anything in all my decisions or anything that's going on. If it's like, if it doesn't just kind of go along, you know, it's like, well, maybe that's just not what God wants me to do. So then, how, so then, how would you discern or how would you tell? I mean, without, with—is God—is God having the, having you go through certain things to try to? work certain things out of you or is it just not the right thing to be doing because there's so many you know kind of the same variables at play sometimes and i don't know whether it's to you know god trying to teach me a lesson over here or should i just not be doing this at all
1: well i'll let other people answer that too but i my personal opinion is i build my confidence in my walk with god based on my morning prayer and bible study yeah i in other words i go into my day Feeling like that I'm on target with the Lord, I I, the Lord talks to me in prayer, no verbal words, just you know yeah. these thoughts, pictures in my mind of yeah. you know things I and see in vision, and and if I'm butting my head against something, I have confidence to pray right then and say, Lord, am I in the wrong direction here? Right. And I, because I'm trusting that I have put myself in Your hands today and that You're guiding me. And if I'm, if I'm doing wrong, help me to realize it, but I, I thought that this was the, the path I should take. And I, and if it, you know, if the door closes, then I, I do, I am smart enough to say, God, you know, open another door. Yeah. And I don't, I don't have God talking to me. Right. I have, you know, thoughts, <clears throat> impressions, but I but having your confidence in God to me is is one of the greatest things you need. That you feel like you're where you should be with Him. Mm-hmm. And then from that you can you can, you can be in Nehemiah and and speak right before the very king and pray and say, God, help me. Yeah. Uh, but Stevens, what do you think? Any am I that that's really um I think everybody
4: has their own way of hearing from God. Uh, frustrations come, and I, I, me personally, I just go. The frustrations are there. I just kind of keep walking because yeah. I I got my eyes on Him, yeah. and I'm not sure the direction, and the, it just seems like down the road it. He just kind of directs me yeah. to where I need to be. Yeah, I'm not that smart. I just kind of, uh, uh, but I I trust in him every day.
1: Yeah, yeah um, very good.
4: Uh, people, uh, uh, jobs work frustrates everybody, and then uh, uh, I, if if you pray that it's the the Lord's will, will work it out, and. It, I've just found out it just works out yeah, in right. the end. Right. I don't know, understand it in the middle. Yeah. I just kind of, I'm almost like a ping pong, or, or a, one of them pinball machines, machines yeah. kind of banging off right. this way and that way, but it seems to work through. Yeah. There's yeah. probably a better way, but. I don't know that one yet. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> My Christian life is a stainless steel ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can take we can take
6: every every decision to the Lord. I mean, and Very good. I've told y'all before. You know when they uh, the engineering manager Baker Hughes asked me to come work for him, I was not an engineer. I didn't know anything about it, and. I knew that they were trying to promote me to, to a job that I couldn't do so they could get rid of me for non-performance. But I felt like it was the right thing to do. And so they would give me really complex assignments. I didn't have a clue. Yeah. Honest, honestly, I didn't. I'd go pray about it, and I always got the answer. That's awesome. And it wasn't long Remarkable. before. It wasn't real long. Till one there, plant manager called me up there, and he says, look, I've got a dream, and I want you to fulfill it. Want you to build a machine that there's not any in the whole world wow <laughs> you know uh, and i took i don't care how small it was i prayed about it yeah,
1: yeah that's yeah. awesome
6: Scout. So, and after a while you just trust the lord mm-hmm.
1: it's
6: okay lord here i am again yeah mm-hmm. you know, i'm not this smart you know mm-hmm. and and he always gave me the answer yes. that's good every time he never failed me yeah. yes
1: very good yes Yes, renee
2: you know
3: that what he was saying makes me think you know for years when i worked in tulsa i worked you know god gave me that job i knew he gave me the job because he gave me everything i asked for and then i worked in this department and then i got moved and i'm like god why am i moving i don't want to work over here and i but i would pray and things worked out and i learned that job too and i and then and then all of a sudden, after a few years, the Lord moved me elsewhere. And I, Well, one of my supervisors said, I need you to come over here and start working over here. And I'm like, God, I don't want to work over there. <laughs> and it didn't matter. I, God just like moved me <coughs> everywhere. And then things got where people that were above me didn't want me there anymore. They wanted me to be moved out of the office. And every time I'd be like, God, you gave me this job, and only you can have this job taken away from me. And I struggled hard. And, um, and then one day, God moved me to work, And doing a job I had never done and had no idea how to do. But it was like the Lord said, you know how to do everything. Because I wound up doing exactly everything I learned in Tulsa. Awesome. But it was on a smaller scale. And the Lord said, you're going to be over all of it. But I knew how every, every area worked. Excellent. And so I'm like, well, God, I don't know how to do this job that I've been given. And so it's, I've, you know, at times when I'm like, okay, God, I just need some help. Every step of the way and every step he's helped me. me. And God has blessed me. but It's really hard, but walking by faith is tough sometimes because all you know is your next step. That's all you know. That's all right. It. And Excuse I've been me. very, very thankful. Believe me, I thank God every day. Very good. It's a struggle, but it works.
2: Very good. I'm still in the frustration part.
6: <laughs> oh, there, there, are, there are days and weeks and years of that. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. you're just beginning. <laughs> I, I just
2: feel like they put me here because they had nowhere else to put me. And I'm over here going, great. <laughs> and everyone, even the are you going to take over a job? I'm like, no. I don't even like where I'm at <laughs> I like what Brother Kraft said you just keep feeding what you want every day you just keep giving those frustrating kids to God
1: yeah. Yeah. I've
2: been there with 75 teenagers in one class in one hour it's chaos you just gotta go in there pray up and Give them to God. Thank <laughs> God, He took ten away. Oh, Jesus. He took ten away. That, that's great
4: for eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> he needs five more in the next hour. <laughs> to God. Yes. Well, I
1: think that this has been a a great lesson for me to hear.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yes. We we never can go too far with, but that we need to remember that we need to let God be God and. We need to be the one that needs God.
5: Yes.
1: Yes. Looking forward to this week's services with Brother Foster. Um, I I just feel like the Lord's going to do some good things for our church. I feel like this was something the Lord orchestrated, and um, I I haven't talked to Brother Foster about what he's doing preaching, but um, I'm very excited that. The Lord's going to help us.
4: Is that at 7?
1: Yeah, each night at 7, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and back to normal on Sunday. Gives everybody Saturday off and take care of things. Praise God. Well, thank you all for those good comments. That really helps. When I was in um, my last two years of high school, I got connected with. Uh, I I hired on to wash pots and pans at the new Sheridan Hotel in downtown Albuquerque. Down it was the old town, high tourism area right there, and um, I'd gone through Votech and. I just felt like food service was something I was interested in. And so I I went there. And that same time they had a, they they changed out leadership in the kitchen. They had a new chef from from on the East Coast who was a very well-known chef there. And um, he thankfully took a liking to me and started teaching me every place in the kitchen I started doing some of everything. And uh, when I went to culinary school after that, uh, I can't tell you how much that helped me to be able to see the much bigger picture yeah. of what they were trying to teach us. Uh, not that I know everything, but I, but I was exposed to everything. And uh, through that process, I started being able to, you know, we started doing ice carvings. I would do two every Sunday morning that's back, this is BC, okay. <laughs> we, had, we had the champagne brunch there every Sunday morning. And so I do the ice carvings and then we do uh, the Schaffroid with the um glazing the cold cooked turkeys and hams and decorating them and, and doing all that fondant uh aspic work over the tops and and we did all that stuff and it was it was an incredible lesson to learn. But I realized that. All those things helped me so much down later on. Even while I was in church work, I'd done so much food service.
6: Uh, mm-hmm.
1: I just thank God for it. Just gave me an
2: idea. <laughs> I might need your help on ice carving. <laughs> you,
1: do more. you gotta find them first.
2: Just a little one, just a little one. A little one. A little one. I just need a hundred chopped out.
1: (laughs) No, I have a big. Cake, coffee, anybody?